Hello, welcome, and would you look at this mess? I'm your host, Kate, and the purpose of this podcast is to trace, explore, and celebrate the unconventionality that lives within all of us. Hey, hi, welcome back, come on in. I am going to start by saying that I already like half recorded this episode and then I accidentally deleted it. (laughs) So I'm re-recording it now. So I'm going to have to try and make sure I hit all my points again, which for my little brain can be challenging. Anyway, we're going to get into this. Um, Last week's episode was pretty emotionally heavy And it was, for me, a little emotional and difficult to put together. And for you, it may have been a little emotional to listen to. It may have, you know, brought some things up in you. So um, like I said in that episode, I do want to continue talking about this stuff over time. But I also feel like I need to break up some of these heavier episodes with some sort of lighter stuff. So that's what we're going to do today. And I have a little list, um, so I'm going to just list off some things and talk about what we do and um, why we made decisions that we did. But essentially, the list is going to be of some household changes that we have made or implemented in our life to help us to reduce the waste that we produce in our home. Um, I want to mention that... I recognize that putting the onus, the responsibility on consumers and individuals to control waste and to be, um, again, responsible for all of the uh, environmental disasters that are going on is, uh, in my opinion, BS. But, well, so it's BS because there are so many things going on um, outside of the individual that are far more um, detrimental to the environment that, you know, if, if all of us decided to follow these these uh, methods of reducing waste, it wouldn't have as significant of an impact as if some of the industries that exist were to change their methods or to be more environmentally conscious or, or be required to take environmental impact more seriously. But that being said, I do think that we can think about ways that we are producing waste and that we can mitigate that waste production because we do have lots of landfills that are getting fuller and fuller. And so, you know, I, I think there's value in in doing what we can. So that's why I decided to, to uh, sort of record this episode and offer some ideas and you are welcome to take what you like and leave what you don't. Um, if you have some counter arguments or other thoughts about these these particular ideas and stuff, please feel free to let me know. Um, you can reach me in some of, or through, through the, I'll put it in the show notes. Oh my goodness. I will put in the show notes the different ways that you can reach me and you can let me know your thoughts. <laughs> okay. All right, so the first thing is actually not something that is current for us, but there are some current implications, uh, and that is cloth diapering. When Emmeline was, well, before she arrived, um, we had decided we were going to do cloth diapers, so I went and got um, a bunch of, 
whatever was available at the local store. Uh, they're called All in Twos. If you want more information on this stuff, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm not going to go through it, at least not on this episode, about all the details, but there are a lot of details about cloth diapering. I did not know this until I tried. <laughs> anyway, there is some contention about whether or not cloth diapering is ultimately better for the environment um, because you do have to wash them with water and you do have to wash them reasonably frequently. Um, but I would honestly say, I will say on the record that I do think waste-wise, it is way better to do cloth than it is to do disposable diapers. Um, and especially because... You know, well, okay, so here's the thing. I find a lot of people don't realize that when you use disposable diapers, you are supposed to remove as much of the human waste as you can before throwing them away. And I think one of the reasons why a lot of people don't want to use cloth diapers is because of the idea of like being working with um, human waste, right? Um, and I get that. But at the end of the day, you are supposed to be removing it from the diapers anyway, because human waste is not supposed to go to landfills. However, it does often end up there most of the time, I think. And so there are lots of problems and implications from that. And because you know, even if you remove the human waste, you still have these plastic diapers with all kinds of chemicals in them, um, and they don't biodegrade, so they just sit there for thousands of years. It's just, it's very wasteful. So in my opinion, it is better overall to do cloth diapering. Um, but I know a lot of people are intimidated by it, and I get that too. Um, it's especially difficult as children age because when they're babies, uh, their poop is water soluble. So you can just like throw it into the washing machine and it's good to go. Um, as they start to eat food and stuff, that's when they will start to have more solid poops. And then you do have to deal more with like cleaning them out beforehand. I personally never found it to be much of an ick factor, but I know for a lot of people it is. So I get it. I'm just saying cloth diapering is the way to go, in my opinion. Oh, and so the other tidbit here that I want to add is that um, cloth diapers, in my experience, lead to far fewer blowouts in diapers. I'm not even kidding. I could count on one hand the number of times my kids blow out their diapers into their clothes, which is also something that nobody wants to deal with. <laughs> so that's my tidbit. If you don't want to deal with blowouts as much, go with cloth diapers because they seal a lot better than disposable diapers. Um, anyway, <laughs> the other reason why I was saying there are sort of more current implications is that, um, so first we, we did save a bunch of the diapers and the covers and pass them on to Nick's sister who is now having a baby. So she'll be able to use them. Any of the ones that we didn't give to her we kept and have been using as rags for the last couple of years because they're just cotton, right? It's just just layers and layers of cotton. So uh, yeah, so they've been getting sort of a second life in that way. And that brings me to my second thing that we've, the change we made, which was uh, to reduce the amount of paper products that we bring into our home. We do still use toilet paper, although I have tried to convince Nick <laughs> to do away with toilet paper. He is not there yet, and I understand that too. Um, but everything else we do by cloth. So we have 
tea towels or rags or whatever that we use for paper towels. And we use face cloths or washcloths or whatever for Kleenexes um, or, you know, tissues, I guess. Um, I just always think about like my papa when we were kids, he would have always a handkerchief in his pocket and he would take it out, you know, and blow his nose and wipe his nose or whatever. And, and at the time I remember thinking like it was a little bit gross, but now I'm like, no, I totally get it. You could just throw it in the washing machine, wash it and use it the next day again. And you're not throwing away endless amounts of paper. Um, so yeah, we've completely eliminated, um, like face tissues or, or Kleenex, whatever you want to call it. I hate saying Kleenex because it's one of those things where it's a brand, but it's so ubiquitous that everyone knows what it is. Um, and we don't use paper towels. Uh, but we, and, and so this is the other thing too, is like, when you start to do this kind of stuff, then you can see where other things can get a second life because, um, actually, yeah. So I meant to say with the cloth diapers, we did do cloth wipes for a while. Um, eventually what it, the convenience factor of having wipes on hand, um, won out. And so we did end up using regular wipes, but for a while we used cloth ones. And so those also turned into like hand washing rags or face rags. Um, once we were done with them. And so the other thing is that, like I will buy periodically new tea towels and the old ones, when they're kind of ratty and stained and stuff, they just become rags for cleanup. So again, you can kind of end up using things um, beyond just what their primary or principal purpose was. Um, once they've sort of lived that life, then they can get a second life and you can do more things with them until eventually, yes, things do break down completely, but then you don't feel so guilty actually throwing it away. Um, at least I don't. <laughs> uh, so it kind of, yeah, it just, it creates a bit more of a life cycle for things and it's a lot less wasteful. Um, I understand this also, people might have a difficult time, you know, thinking about this in the sense of like, well, then you have to wash the rags and stuff. And so we just collect them under the sink for like a week. And then, um, at the, at the same time that we do all of the rest of our laundry, we wash our rags, we fold them, put them away, and then that's it. So, um, I get the sense that people feel like paper towel especially is like such an essential it's something that people feel like they just couldn't do without and I honestly barely noticed when we stopped using it <laughs> we just went to use rags and it made more sense and it was an easy switch so I'm not sure that it would be the same for everyone but for us it certainly was a lot less difficult than what I had imagined it would be so that's one of my big ones. Uh, the other thing that we have done that's food related, and so this one is arguably kind of probably the hardest one that people will, well, people will probably <laughs> just be like, yeah, that's not going to happen. But um, we don't buy packaged snacks at all. Um, we don't buy yogurt cups. We don't buy granola bars. We don't buy like cracker bags, nothing, nothing like that. Um, and I realized that this is a big, big thing. A lot of people, again, that convenience factor is so nice to be able to just buy a, a packet, a, a thing of snacks and you can just hand out. It has like a, a single serving in each package. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but the problem is that it's, it is extremely wasteful because you not only have the packaging from what everything sits in, but then each individual thing is packaged. And so, and they're often not recyclable 
uh, plastics and stuff. So when you add all of that up, it becomes very, very wasteful. So we ended up basically like just offering fresh fruit mostly for snacks. We don't have a lot of other options. We, we will buy like a box of crackers um, or sometimes we'll buy a tub of yogurt. Uh, so then we can just kind of take things out and create snacks that way, but we don't buy any packaged snacks. No, actually, you know what I should say? Like once or twice a year, we will buy a box of protein bars. <laughs> but outside of that, we don't buy any other other packaged stuff. Um, it just, yeah, it just doesn't jive with our philosophy. And again, we've kind of grown accustomed to either um, prepping food like fresh veggies to be eaten as snacks um, or offering fruit as snacks. Even sometimes frozen fruit makes a good snack, especially in the summertime. You get some mango out of the freezer and it's easy. You just put it in a bowl. And uh, the kids really like that too. So um, certainly there are alternatives, but again, I completely understand that there are people who will look at that suggestion and just go, no, <laughs> hard no. And I get it. No judgment if you do buy these things. I uh, totally understand. The other thing that we do that's also food related that... Um, it, this actually may be more of an implementable implementable <laughs> uh, strategy that can help to minimize food waste is that we use an app called Meal Lime. I'll put it into uh, the show notes. And essentially it it provides you with recipes and you can do it based on whatever your dietary preferences are if you have them or if you have dietary restrictions or whatever. Um, so you can you can sort of curate whatever it is that you want. So we have plant-based mostly. That's what we eat. So that's what we uh, select as our, our menu essentially. And so you create um, a list of recipes and then it generates a shopping list for you so that you know what you need to buy in order to make those things. And then, of course, it has all the instructions and everything else. Um, the one thing about it is that it does sometimes have rather intense recipes. And so what I mean by that is things like, you know, you have to cut the basil and stuff. And you're like, yeah, I'm just I'm actually not going to do that. <laughs> So again, you can kind of take take what works and leave what doesn't and just be mindful when you're choosing things that sometimes they have these like very specific labor intensive uh, parts of these recipes, but we try to just choose things that are easier um, and not so intense or we just omit them. And honestly, most of the time it's not noticeable if you're missing like a spice or something or, or an herb basically is usually the herbs because they want us to like really chop those things up. <laughs> anyway. Um, but the app itself is great because it gives you exactly what you need. It's kind of like a hybrid, uh, or maybe not a hybrid, but it's a step down from actually getting like HelloFresh or something where you have the, the groceries um, sent to your home in a box. But so it tells you what you need to buy. And so you just buy the things that you need to make those recipes. And then you don't, it doesn't usually, I don't think, I can't think of a single recipe where we end up with more um, of the ingredient than when we actually need to make the recipe. So all of the food gets used up. And then, so what we do is like on a Sunday afternoon, we will get all of the, all of the ingredients together. We'll prep two to three meals for the week. And then we have dinners ready or we have, you know, our lunches ready or whatever is ready to go. And it all gets eaten. And that way we're not 
over-purchasing, especially the fresh foods, that are going to end up getting thrown away. And so we have found that that is a really helpful way to avoid um, per- like getting rid of perishable foods as they go bad in the fridge. Um, and because it's just something about the psychology of having a plan in place of how you're going to use that, right? When you're like, oh, let's just buy cabbage and let's just buy blah. And you're, just, you're thinking of the ways that you can use it afterwards. Sometimes that's a little harder, especially we're all so busy and stuff. So um, it kind of takes that, that side of the thought process out for you. You can just pick the recipe that you want it tells you what to get, you buy it, you make it, and then that's it. And so again, it, it just reduces your your food waste. So there's that. Um, the other thing, this is a simple one that, uh, that I do that's like, I think an easy fix. Um, I, or an easy, an easy switch, I guess, is I buy bamboo toothbrushes for myself and for the kids. Um, I don't accept the toothbrushes that the dentist offers. I always feel like I'm going to offend them, but I don't want a plastic toothbrush. So, uh, bamboo toothbrushes are great because, um, the only plastic part is the bristles and you can, uh, remove them. So when I'm done with my toothbrush, I just cut them out as much as I possibly can and throw the bristles into the garbage or the recycling. And then the the handle itself is is compostable. So I can put it right in my compost and it just means that there's that much less plastic going into a landfill. Um, so that's an easy one. The other thing that's... Um, so, <laughs> okay, I'm going to do this one first. So uh, I discovered a little while ago. I feel like maybe it was a year ago, but time goes by really fast these days, so it could have been longer. Um, But anyway, I discovered this brand, which (laughs) I tried to look it up on Google just now to make sure that I had the right brand and everything. And uh, yeah, it came up with a lot of porn because the name of the brand is Naked. And I was trying to put the brand plus the product in, and it kept bringing up like... (laughs) porn sites. So I was like, yeah, that's not what I'm looking for. Um, Anyway, so it's naked swabs. They're like Q-tips, but they're reusable. And I thought this was absolutely genius. Honestly, I love them. Uh, I have a two-pack. It is a little plastic container that they sit inside of. And um, there's two Q-tips. There's one that's like the regular flat surface, and there's one that actually has little uh, ridges on it. And so I like using that one if I'm going to clean out my ears, which I don't do often. I feel like the, they say you're not supposed to do that, but I don't know. It just feels really good. <laughs> so I still do it. But I use the one with the little, they're like little bumps. It's almost like tread. And so it picks up a lot more of the wax in your ears. And um, then I just clean it off with some, uh, like a a cloth or something like that with a little bit of, you could put um, vinegar or something on it to help get all those little particles off. But yeah, I just clean it off and then I put it away and it is the best thing ever because it it really has eliminated the need for having Q-tips around, which... I mean, I always found them annoying anyway because they're so difficult to store and they like spill everywhere and you just find random Q-tips all over the place. I mean, who hasn't, like if you move somewhere and suddenly you're like, Q-tips, randomly. I don't know where these come from. So no more random Q-tips for me. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that I was like, wow, I never realized that you could just make this into a reusable product. And um, 
and then you never have to think about it again. So yeah, like I said, I've had them for at least a year, maybe longer, and they're still in just as good shape as they were when I bought them. Um, they're fantastic. So again, I will put a link in the show notes for you so you don't have to look up all the porn sites in order to find them if this is something that interests you. Okay, the last thing is uh, actually two things. They're hygiene things that um, sort of relate to stuff that I've talked about in the past. And, And I'm going to remind you that the theme of this podcast is that we live a little unconventionally, a little differently we do things. Um, so Nick and I, neither of us wear deodorant. I feel like I might have mentioned this in the episode where I was talking about body hair. Um, yeah. So neither of us wear deodorant, which means that we don't buy any deodorant anymore. Um, and that's also a huge thing that we can save, uh, from going into landfill because again it's this entirely plastic thing that can't be reused in any way um and I don't even know if it's recyclable honestly it's been so long since I've used a a deodorant stick I don't know if you can recycle them I mean maybe there are brands that you can now but by and large I think you just have to throw them into a landfill so um yeah so that's something that Again, I'm not going to like judge you if you're like, I'm not giving up my deodorant. (laughs) I get it. Um, And this actually kind of coincides with the fact that I don't uh, shave anymore. We actually have, I think in our house right now, we have one razor. Um, I'm not even sure why we have it because... I don't shave. Nick uses a shaver to like trim his beard and stuff. So I don't think he needs it for shaving, but I guess it's just there in case for some reason we do need to shave eventually. I don't know. So we don't buy razors anymore um, either, which is again, another thing that's almost completely plastic. Mind you, now I have seen lately, there's more brands that are coming out with like nice um, sort of steel razors where you you get reusable blades and all that kind of stuff. So those things are kind of emerging on the market now, which is great. But again, by and large, we're we're putting our money into these super plastic, non-recyclable things that just get tossed every couple of months. And so we go through tons and tons of razors. And uh, even just the fact that they, you know, they have the straight blades in them, that can be dangerous too. So yeah, I just, I haven't been using them. But what I was going to say and how that connects with the deodorant stuff is that I notice that now that I grow out or that my my underarm hair is grown out, um, I don't sweat as profusely under my arms and I don't smell as much. At least I don't think so. I mean, maybe if you see me sometime, you just give me a little sniff and let me know. But um, actually, don't do that. That's weird. (laughs) But but I don't find that I smell because I notice and I know if you're especially if you are a, a woman and you do this when you shave your underarms, especially right after if you start to sweat, it gets really slick in there. And so it can feel very uncomfortable if you don't have deodorant on because the deodorant kind of adds a bit of friction so you don't feel that slickness. Um, and it it can smell more after that. So. I do find my underarms have a bit of like a musky smell 
like a lot of the time, right? Because again, like I explained in that episode about body hair, that you can do this sort of tickle your underarm, scratching the skin to kind of release some of those, um, those smelly bits. But I don't always do that. And I just don't find that it's like an offensive smell. Again, no one has said anything to me. So maybe people are offended by my smell, but like people still want to spend time with me. So I I feel like they, they don't care if they do smell it or they just don't, which is my assumption is that it's not not something that you can smell. Um, so those two things do go hand in hand because um, it's the lack of excessive sweating that doesn't lead to as much stinkiness. Um, again, if I like lift up my arm and give it a smell during the day, there's likely going to be a little bit of a smell there, but it's not potent. And it's not like I, I actually think I should look this up. <laughs> to see if there's something that can confirm my thoughts. But I think um, the underarm hair actually acts as a deodorizer in that it disperses or maybe it holds on to the smell so that it doesn't disperse. I don't know. But I do find that I don't, I'm not as stinky when I have underarm hair. So I don't have to worry about deodorant as much anymore. I mean, I gave up deodorant years ago before I started growing out my body hair, but I have noticed that I don't, I, I don't like, I don't feel like I'm missing something. Even then, I think the bottom line is your body will adjust. If you're used to wearing deodorant all the time and you stop using it for like a week, you're probably gonna smell and you're probably gonna wanna wash your underarms on a daily basis. But um, I would argue that eventually your body will balance itself back out again in its natural way. It won't smell so much. And so, you know, you could maybe do without it because apparently it's not good for your health either. Again, I don't have any way of verifying these things. We probably will never know if deodorant has a negative health impact because like it's an impossible thing to test for. But um, I mean, it doesn't hurt to not use deodorant. (laughs) Anyway, I could talk about this for a long time, apparently. I think... I think that's all my things. I think those are all the things that we have been doing. Um, well, and I mean, you know, I mean, like we don't use, we use reusable grocery bags, but that's a fairly obvious one. Um, mind you, I will say right now, I'm a little bit annoyed because we've been ordering our groceries through the grocery store for pickup um, because of, you know, COVID times being what they are. It's a little bit more sketch to go into the grocery store. So we have been doing that. And that my, my one big bone to pick about that is that the baggers are terrible at their job. Well, I, I don't know. I guess it depends on who you ask. But in my opinion, they put way too few things in each bag. They'll put like a couple of avocados and a package of tofu in a bag by themselves. And I go like, why? Why do you not put more things in this bag so that I don't have to have twice as many bags as I need because I'm not going to use all these plastic bags. But anyway, so hopefully now that things are starting to get a little bit more under control in the next few weeks, I can start grocery shopping in the store again because I am a little anal retentive about my groceries anyway, but it's the bags that really get me because there's no way to use the reusable ones. And I honestly have been tempted to just say to them, like, don't put it in any bags, just put it in those little bins and then throw it in my car when you get out there. But I feel like that's more work for them and I don't want to do that. So yeah, I don't know. That's, that's another thing. But again, it's fairly common now to like not use plastic bags if you can avoid it. Although 
I know this is a problem now that people have way too many reusable bags. Like everyone got on the reusable bag trend, all the brands, all of the companies. And so every time you go somewhere, they give you a new one and you're like, yeah, but I actually don't need 50 of these. I only need about 20 to get me through my stuff and then I'm good. So now there's an over overload of bags that, <laughs> that withstand everything. Anyway, I think I'm going to leave this one here. And I am so glad that I didn't forget any of my points. I think I ended up getting everything even though I deleted the episode before. That was a heartbreaking moment. Um, yeah, so... If you have thoughts or like maybe you have more suggestions or other things that you do to reduce your waste, um, I am not going to argue the merits of plant-based or vegan diets in regards to environmentalism because I don't have enough information about that. Um, I've heard it. I've heard things on both sides that are compelling. So if you want to talk about that sometime, maybe I will, but I'm specifically not approaching that here because... I don't, I'm not, I don't have a conviction either way. So just making that clear. Um, but if you have more suggestions or other things that you do, alternatives that you have or things that you have, um, you know, switched out for the normal things that are wasteful, let me know. And maybe I'll make another episode. Or if you want to like guest appear, that would be awesome too. I'm open to anything. So as always, thank you for being here. I'm very, very grateful for you taking the time to listen and maybe implement some of these things in your life. If you do, you know, you can let me know how it goes. Um, anyway, thanks a lot. And I hope that you have a good week and I will see you in the next one.